Good morning to you all. Uh, I want to thank you especially, Brother Josh, and I thank God for uh, giving me this opportunity. We're trying to get a laptop, and uh, I'm going to show you something, what we've been doing. I think we're going to get it in the next uh, five minutes. But now, if, if you have a book, uh, the book of Acts, chapter 16, verse 13, 14. This is, uh, I'm going to start with that. I, I don't know who's going to be running my presentation. Do you have the... Yeah, and what about the, the presentation? Got it? No? Okay. Wow. Okay, okay. If, if there is anybody here who has uh, uh, two different kind of uh, translations, maybe 1960 or King James or 1960 in Spanish or... The NIV, because I want to I want to hear what it says in Book of Acts, chapter sixteen, thirteen, and fourteen. And how do we do it? And how do we uh, how do we reach Hispanics among uh, how do we plant churches among Hispanics in North America? So there is somebody here with the uh, it, King James. I want to hear it. Somebody can read it for me, please. King James, Book of Acts, chapter sixteen. Verse 13 and 14. Anybody? No? Okay, please. It says, And on the Sabbath, we went out to the city by a riverside where prayer was was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. Uh And certain women named Lydia, a seller of purple, of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us. Okay, the first phrase, the first couple of words that I just catched is that, that we sat down, but we went out. That's, that's the main thing. We ought to start a new churches. We ought to begin or plant new churches. We're not going to do it in our own buildings. We have to go out and get out of our buildings and reach our people or our main target people where they are and Who's got the, uh, the NIV? Who's got the... Please, thank you very much. Let's, let's do something. Let's try to put this together. The two versions. It doesn't matter what kind of version you have or you read. But in any kind of version, you will see we went out. So the bottom line is this. If we need to start, if we want to start, if we are going to start new churches, we're going to have to get out of the building and look for the people where they are. What I have here with you, I want to show, show you something, how we can reach Hispanics. And, and I think this, uh, this uh, methodology doesn't necessarily is made up for Hispanics, but I think every, every kind of you know, people you want to reach, they will, they will be reached in this way. Um, let me see if I have here. Got it. How do we start? How do we start? The 18 churches that we have, let me just uh, go slowly in this. I just recently mentioned that uh, our building in Brownsville, uh, it was made up for the auditorium or the sanctuary was made up for almost 250, 275 people. The ballroom or the social home or the cafeteria was 
build that for 400 people. So in, their, in, in our church, when they build it, they just have in their minds just to uh, have more kind of like a social life and instead of reaching people for Christ by having more space for uh, social activities. So the church started to grow. When I got to Brownsville, it, the membership was 65 people. In less than a year, we already were running 200 people. Up to this day, we're almost 14, 1,500 members, and we already started 18 churches in, in Brownsville, and, and then in two other cities uh, outside, uh, outside Brownsville, and then in the other side of the border, which is Matamoros, Mexico. But uh, how, how do we do it? In, in Hispanics, I don't know if any other ethnic group is think or act or react the way we are. But uh, Hispanics are f- afraid of institutions. Hispanics are, we don't want nothing. We, we, don't want, we don't want nothing that has anything like a commitment or compromise or going in a place where we don't know. We came to the States to work. We came to the States to, to make money and to start a new, uh, different kind of life uh, to support our families here and to send money to our countries in, in Latin America and in Central America, Caribbean, or uh, South America. So we're, you know, we're just in this of think of making money. So church is more like a wasting of time. Going to church on Sunday, going to church on Sunday afternoon, at the evening or Wednesday night is really a, a waste of time for most of the Hispanics. So... In our evangelism uh, uh, effort, in what, we, what we do to reach people for Christ, we go into their apartments. It, I, I don't think there is any complex in Brownsville that we haven't get there. And uh, we try to develop a relationship. We look for people. We, you have to be wise and not to go right before five because uh, a lot of people are still at work. And uh, we we rather like to see the whole family there, uh, the husband, the wife, and the kids are coming from from school. So uh, we develop a strategy and go to any kind of a building where they have apartments or duplexes in Brownsville. The other one is we go to the subdivisions and houses. The thing is this, that uh, somebody got there before us really fell asleep but as soon as we get there we try not to take bibles we try not to go uh, all suit up or dressed because they it really confuses with the jehovah's witness or with the mormons so they they get there before us so we go in the more uh, uh casual way and more like uh trying to uh explain in, in the gospel in a different way mobile homes it's another thing that, that we used to reach people uh, for the Lord. And indigenous. This is, this is actually one of the, the, the success that we have in Brownsville. Because Brownsville is a border town. Our church is located about 15 blocks away from the, from the two bridges that connects with Mexico. So lots of people get there looking for jobs. And some people just uh, get the overnight there and, and, and they sleep there. So we... 
get there with food, with water, with coffee, with blankets, and sometimes with T-shirts, and, uh, and went present them uh, the, the gospel. I, I understood, and, and I came to a conclusion that we don't need buildings to start a new church. We don't, we don't need buildings. That, that's, what, that's why I, I show you this Bible verse. We just went out. We went to the riverside, and we just looked for people. What there, And you know, chronologically speaking, that was the first church started in Europe. That's the church of Philippa. So I don't know why we're just wasting our time dealing with this dilemma that we need uh, Bibles, we need hymnals, we need a PA system, we need chairs, we need a pulpit, we need a power presentation thing, and we need a van, you know, to start a church. We don't need that to start a church. We just need two things, preacher and the lost people. That, that's all we need to start a new church. We don't need buildings because we already have use in their apartments. Let me, let me just show you uh, or tell you something what happened in the Dominican Republic about five years ago. A brother, uh, pastor, a very good friend of mine from Vancouver, Canada. He's from El Salvador, Dr. David Rodriguez. He said, I just got an email from uh, Hermano Ramon Sosa from the Dominican Republic. He said that he wants to start a church. There is any way that we can help him. He says, let's go to uh, Santo Domingo. So we went to Santo Domingo. We met this guy. We talked. And he said, this is a project. This is a short-term, mid-term, and long-term project that we have to start a new church in a colonia called Los Frailes. Los Frailes 2 in Santo Domingo, about 10 miles away from the, the airport. And then we asked him for the date. No matter when you want to start a church, we got there in April. And let me tell you why, because it was April 22, it was my birth date. It was Sunday. And uh, he said, Hermano, what about next year? You know, Hermano, what about today? Today. So we have lunch on Sunday in downtown Santo Domingo. And we told Hermano Ramon how to start a church. We had no people. We went to Los Frailes, we let Hermano in his house, and we started walking house by house, door to door. We led to the, to the Lord, we led to Christ, 17 people that they accepted the Lord as their personal Savior. We told these people, we're going to have our first service in Hermano Ramon Sosa's, and the house, the yellow one with the little pink uh, thing, in their garage at 5 o'clock. If we can come, you know, we'll like to see you. We'll greet you, and we'll have fellowship, and we're going to have ice cream. We're going to share some sandwiches and everything. Seventeen people made a decision to accept in the Lord. That, in, in that hour and a half, by 4 o'clock, already were there 14 people waiting to the service to start at 5. Out of those 17 people, 14 came, and those 14 people brought another 10 people with them. So we had 24 guys, Hermano Ramon, his wife, Dr. David, and I. I led the music. Hermano David made the announcements. And, and he preached. We started church there. This is already five years in Santo Domingo. Somebody said in the panel right now that uh, we didn't have to multiply the church. 
Hermano Ramón Sosa en Santo Domingo already multiplied the church. He already started another church in Santo Domingo. It was uh, a week after Easter in Santa Marta, Colombia. We went to Dr. David Rodriguez to Colombia. We had a church in Cali, in Medellín. And we got there. A week after uh, Easter, there was a lot of people still on the beach and the condominiums and the resorts. And then hermano Gustavo Muñoz, he's, he's a guy from Medellin. He says, hermanos, you know, I've been praying about it. And I think the Lord brought us here to Santa Marta. We'd like to start a church. There's any way you can, you know, promote our idea and our wish and our desire to, turn, to start a new church. And uh, maybe you, you can refer us and get some partners to, you know, to march with us and start a church. And we did the same thing in Santa Marta, Colombia. Hermano, when do you want to start a church? Hermano, what about next year? You know, what about for Easter or, or Good Friday? It's a good day to start a church. Hermano, what about today? How? Today. And we did the same thing. It's already two years, the church in Santa Marta. We had a cell group. We use a lot of uh, house churches. We use a lot of um, uh, cell groups. In Nirvana Silvia's house in Brownsville, if probably there were about 40 to 45 people meeting and getting together every Thursday night. I talked to Hermano Silvia. I said, Hermano Silvia, this is not what I intended to have. This is already looks like a new church. So we started a church. Bethania, that's the name of the new, the, the latest church that we have, Bethany Baptist Church, in the area that is more populated in the area where the churches, the mother church is located at. We started in February. By this day, on the month of July, we already have six months getting together. We're running more than 125 people of attendance every Thursday. More than 125 people attending every Thursday. We have another 17 groups, another 17 churches, and we have another coming up on September 8th to start a new church. And then in October, another church to start. That's what I mentioned today. Somebody asked a question in the panel. What was the greatest obstacle for us to start a church? My local association. That was, it's terrible. Because if I tell the association, if I tell my DOM, if I tell the idea, he thinks like Hermano Ramon in Dominica, next year, Hermano. <laughs> you know, give us the, your, your assessments and, your, you know, bring us your, your project. And, you know, we'll discuss it here in three months. And then we vote in November and we'll let you know. And that's why a lot of people are going to hell. A lot of people hasn't been reached because we're thinking and thinking and planning and planning. So we decided just to take the shortest uh, uh, way, and we started the churches at our own. We have a team. We call it the SWAT team. It's a core group. What they do is just they know how to start a church. It costs us a lot of money. I, told, uh, I talked to Hermano Joyce Del Risco. It costs us almost 2000 to $3,000 a month to start a new church. And then the association wants to give you 200 And then the convention is going to help you with 500 a month. And then we'll cut it off and, you know, in, the tricks in, in the next three years if church doesn't work. It costs us 2000 almost $3,000 a month. How do we do it? We give people. 
Because, because the mother churches you know, collecting and collecting and bringing and bringing new people. Because, like I said, it's almost 25,000, close to 30,000. Oh, 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 Okay, got it. it um, between 25,000 to 30,000 people make profession of faith through our ministers. How do we do it? Nursing homes. We have 11 nursing homes. They've been, we visit on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and morning and in the afternoons. The two sides of the INS, are talking, I was talking to Brother Del Risco, that... Um, there's two groups. We call it the IES in Southwest Key, where they go, the, the, the kids that are under 18 years old, they came to the States illegally, and then uh, they were cut up by immigration, so they cannot send them to the federal, federal uh, prison or the Corralon or the Bayview or wherever they are. So they have a special uh, houses so or the special groups uh, where they can gather them. So it's close to 2,000 to 3,000 kids every year to come to the States from Honduras, from El Salvador, from Ecuador, from Guatemala, from Mexico. And then I go Monday and Tuesdays, every Monday and Tuesday at 3 o'clock, I go there and preach. Church, our church buys Bibles, and we give Bibles to the kids. What happened, what happened with these kids? I probably won't see them next week. Because they were ready to be moved or being deported. I talked to one of the pastors. I says, Pastor, one of the pastors in the, in, that were there before, said, there is any way that you can come with me? Because I need, I need help. I don't, I don't have any pastor to come with me and, and give me, you know, assistance in this. He says, Brother, don't waste your time. Don't waste your money. I mean, those kids are never, never going to come to your church. That's the way sometimes we think because we're just working and to see our building, you know, uh, getting big. But we don't, we don't really think about people that need and deserve to hear the gospel. I, I'm not a result of a, of a preacher. I'm not a result of a message in the church. I, I, I didn't receive or accept the Lord in the church where I raised my hand in the church building. I was led to Christ by a young, younger uh, a woman. By six, she was 16 years old. She presented me the plan of salvation. She it, it presented me the gospel. And I accepted the Lord and the street. And I'm committed. I'm just honoring what she did to me. That I talk to every person that I see. Whatever I see, it doesn't matter if it comes to my church. It doesn't matter if I'm in another city, another country another town but you know every person deserves to hear the gospel so that's why we we're, we're the easiest way to reach him i mean what if you're planning to bring hispanics or to plant a church you won't reach him you you're gonna waste your time you're gonna get frustrated people won't come to your church you have to go where they are apartments houses mobile homes indigents and we don't need listen to this we don't need buildings to start a new church. Now, the next one. Where to get him? Where they work? He have to develop a good soul winner. He have to develop a person that is very passionate. Person that 
doesn't talk about or argue about faith or church or doctrine or theology. Just get passion. And share the gospel with the, which, with the people that you work with. You know, in, in the plant, in the office, in the hospital, whatever they do. We reach people at what they work. Out of the, if we count it by this. In, in 20 years that I've been in Brownsville, a little bit more than 5,000 people already made up the profession of faith in our building in 20 years. That's a good number, almost 5,000 people. Out of those 5,000 people, uh, 4,500 came already. They already made up the profession of faith in, with their friends, but they came to church and made the public profession of faith. I mean, if you see the rest, the rest of the people, uh, it's probably because he was invited. They, they came to a, a special event that I want to show you what we do uh, throughout the year. We have 12 events throughout the year. What, what we do to, to reach people, to gather people, to attract people so they can stay, so they can, uh, what the brothers say, so they can belong maybe next time in the membership of the church where they attend school. Our, our high school students are doing a tremendous, a good job reaching their colleagues who are there entertained. I see, uh, I know there's a lot of communities in, in, in the United States that you, you struggle. You said, where, where do Hispanics come from? We try to go look for them and we don't, we don't find them because, because we have our own places where we can entertain. See, where Anglos don't go. Where African Americans don't go. We have our own places where they entertain. We have gone to saloons. If you come from Colombia, listen to the, the, the promoters of the big events. If you want to get people from Colombia, get the Grupo Nietzsche, Grupo Guayacán, because that's the musical group from Colombia. If you want to get People from El Salvador or Honduras get Hermanos Flores, Banda Blanca. You want to get people from Puerto Rico, get El Gran Combo. You see? We, we all speak Spanish, but we are more leaning to our culture at the people we know. So if we want to look for Hispanics, you have to go where they're entertained and get them there. Get your own pamphlets, your tracks, and everything, and take it where they're socialized. Parks. Uh, let's say, for example, uh, in, in Brownsville, it's kind of different. We go to the plazas, because more, more there in, in Brownsville, it's kind of more typical, typical into Mexican style. People go to the plazas to buy chucherias and and, you know, eat their munchies and, and everything. And so they, they socialize there uh, where they hang out. You know, you, know, you know what is one of the, you know, what is the finest places for us to reach for Hispanics? Not only for hangout, but looking for jobs in Lowe's, Builder Square, or Home Depot. We get there. We take them burritos. Tacos, water, coffee, we all do that to try to get to them because they, they don't move. 
They, they don't even go to the restroom in two, three, four hours because if they go to the restroom, the contractor comes and takes another guy. They don't eat since the morning and the afternoon, so we go there. So where they hang out, we look for them. You want to you wanna get the real Hispanics? Don't go to dealers. You want to you wanna get the real, the bottom line, the, the real Hispanics? And you know, Don't go to Nemo Marcus. They don't go there. Where do we go? Kmart? Walmart? Target? La Fiesta? HEV? Safeway? Albertsons? J.C. Penney's? You're doing okay. If you if you get if you get your income return on, oh, on March in April, we go to JC Penney's, okay? That's an upgrade, okay? That's an upgrade. Hermano, please. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, okay, Hermano Chester Risco was in Brownsville a year before, and last year, we go to the flea markets. Every last Saturday for the past seven years, we go 60 to 70 of our best soul winners. We go to the flea market. In one hour, we led to the Lord almost 150, an average of 175 people. Every Saturday, we go to the flea market. So, I mean, if you you want to get them, if you want to find them, you have to go where they are. And we go home with their tracks. You know, we have, this is our mother church. This is West Brownsville Baptist Church. But we have another churches. And this town, and this barrio, and this house. And you don't have to go to a church to, you know, you know, typical church with the sign, with the billboard. The reason is this. Remember the Catholicism, it really made a big impact in our culture in our society for our Hispanic people when they go to a building like this where they don't see any statue they don't see any picture where they don't see any saint if you see the preacher with the guayabera he's not a priest this is not a real thing this is a cult this is not a real church this is another group so they, they really, you know, there's not much attraction. So that's why we started, you know, getting to them where they live, where they work, where they're entertained, where they socialize, where they hang out, and where they shop. Now, look at this. We must learn from our TV stations in the United States. Aquí mi, mi pana va a entender esto. He will understand something. Television networks, all of them here speak Spanish. All of them. Televisa from Mexico. Why Televisión Azteca? It's another TV station from Mexico. Almost 20 million Mexicans in the United States. But I'm not interested in Caracol. Caracol is another TV station, but it's from Colombia. Mexicans, I don't care. What's happening with the FARC and the Los Contras and Pablo Escobar and El Capo and La Rana and El Sapo? See, it's, it makes, they, don't, 
they, they don't even pay attention to their, uh, their fights with Ecuador, the fights with the Venezuela. They, they, don't, they don't care. Caracol do. They do. Caracol presents the news from Colombia. They speak Spanish. Venevisión is a TV station from Venezuela. So Mexicans or uh, people from Brazil or Argentina, they're not interested in what is happening in Venezuela, but the Venezuelans do. Uh, they want to know what's happening with Chavez. They want to know, you know, how Chavez is doing with his health. Is he running again? Is he going to win again? What's going to happen next? So this is Venevisión. Now, who's the smartest of all? CNN. Because CNN collect them all. CNN gets the news. CNN in Spanish gets the news from Bolivia, from Ecuador. Get, they get reporters from all over in South America, in Cuba, and Puerto Rico, and Haiti to present the news for the people that live here in the States that speak Spanish. Univision. Ah, more into Cuban, Puerto Rican, and Mexican. Telemundo. About the same. Now, Univision started in 1961. Just one station, SIN. It was S-I-N, Servicio Internacional de Noticias, 1961. Up to this time, 51 years, they already got 300 stations in the United States. Show me a church. It has 51 years of existence. It has started 300 churches. There's none. There's none. What happened? They target Hispanics, and not only in their language, but they target Hispanics and their culture. Look at this one. This is the logos. Man, CNN in Espanol. But let me show you something. This is, they, they, they do a lot of tricks in our minds. They play with their emotions, with their minds, and they speak our language in, in this. Univision. This is, Univision is the main station that is located in Miami, in Hialeah. But this is one of the stations in the United States. What does this say? Siempre contigo. Always with you. Always. Venevisión Internacional. Recuerdo Venevisión de las... I remember Venevisión since 1970 with the big soap operas with uh, Ricardo Bardina and Lupita Ciferrer. I remember all that. Venevisión, Venevisión. And then Miss Universe. They spread out. Venevisión are, are taking control of everything. Telemundo. Televisa. Sports. You can watch the Olympics in four different TV stations, Mexican TV stations, and in Spanish. Because you can choose your broadcaster, your commentator. And it's not only ABC. It's not only CBS. It's not only Fox, ESPN. ESPN. They have them all. Caracol, Colombia. What is this? Look at this. Univision says, siempre contigo, always with you. Caracol, Colombia, closer to you. Hermanos, 
if we, if we are going to reach our people, when I said that we don't need to start, we don't need buildings to start a church. I mean, this is, this is a fact. But we, in the future, we're going to need a building. And I'm asking you from the bottom of my heart to African-Americans uh, or the Chinese uh, uh, people or the Anglos here in the States, do you have your own building that already built 60, 70, 80 years ago? Give us your building. Lend us your building. It will be so expensive. I mean, it, it will take us almost $2 million to build a 300-century capacity with Sunday school classes, with parking spaces, whatever. It depends where you live. Depends where you live. We don't have the money. But you all have the buildings. I mean, you get together 9.30 Sunday school, 11 your service. And most, I don't know if, you, if you've seen this. You notice that so many of the churches don't have worship service in the evening. We kind of got so easy. You know, we have Sunday school in the morning. We have worship service in the afternoon. I mean, at noon. And, you know, we don't get, we don't meet on Sunday nights. Let the Hispanics use your building. Let, let us use your buildings. I got 10 minutes to go. And let me tell you this. This is, this is what I've learned so far. Hispanics will never be reached in church buildings. It will take you another 100 years. You can have the best building. You can have the best billboard. You can have the best program. You can have a show. Hispanics will never come to your building. They come to Christ through your people. Reason why? Hispanics, basically Mexicans, they come to church three times in their lifetime. Baptism, they don't come. They bring them. Wedding, they don't come. <laughs> Somebody else brings them. The wife or the, or the, the groom or the, or the bride. And a funeral, they don't come. They bring them. They are never come alone. Show me, write an article that somebody that goes to your church says, I came to this church, I came to this building because I wanted to come today. It's one in a million. We, we don't want to get there by ourselves. We are afraid of institutions. You know, out of the 40 million people, 40 million Hispanics in the United States, rarely after 5, 10 years, we open an account because we're afraid of the bank. Because they get their social security number. Because I get, they get their address. They get their number. They get their telephone number, whatever. And that's why we trust Mattress National Bank. Say, <laughs> send your box spring. Yeah? That's why we keep our money. We trust our mattress. We trust our bed. We trust our, you know, a place that we can hide our money. We don't, why? Because, because I can't be deported next week. Who's going to get the money? The bank. Wells Fargo Bank. Chase. HSBC. <laughs> We're afraid of schools. That's why we send our kids. But we don't go to school. We send our kids because, you know, they have to go. They have to learn. We don't go to school. Hospitals. To go to a doctor for a Hispanic here, 
it takes you forever to go. Because first, we don't have the money to pay. We don't have, uh, you know, insurance. <laughs> In wherever I work, they don't pay me. Not only that, if I don't know, I don't know how much money you're going to end up paying after, you know, I go to the hospital. Courts. That's why we cut up by police. Because we got warrants for five tickets that we haven't paid for the longest time. It's easy. We got a ticket. Pay it. Go to court. And I declare, you know, guilty, not guilty. I'm going to fight for it. But we don't go because we are afraid of answering questions. When you go to their houses, to their works, don't ask too many questions. Just tell them there's someone that loves them. That's Jesus. And they're going to open their heart. And when they see in you, they're interested in them and not what, in they, what they have or what they possess. They will bring their family. They will come to church to you. What do we do? Can I, can I use the, the, the video? What, what church is doing? What, what our church is doing to reach people and throughout, the, throughout the year? Let's see here. I'm going to show you a video that lasts almost nine minutes. The video. Bueno, this is just, it's just a, a sample. We got to month of uh, August and September. It's still coming October and then November and December. But we have 12 events. In, in those 12 events, we finish and we wrap up the year with almost 25 to 30,000 people making profession of faith. We don't have a building to place them all, to put them all. That's why every three months we have one service and we go out and we rent the civic center or the event center. So we can come, the, the other nine or ten missions and the other churches, we gather there and we have a big celebration. Sometimes every three months we celebrate the, the Lord's Supper because there is no place. There is no building for us to put uh, almost 3,000 people that, that, we, that we are all together with the rest of our missions. So um, this is what we're doing in Brownsville. Uh, I can tell you it can be done anywhere, anywhere. But the key word is this. Get out. Get out. Don't wait in your building. Nothing will happen there.